Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to a Tuesday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Lamarice and Nathan Baird. Stephen Bean's still off, and we're talking about, ooh, an old name from the Wayback Machine, Quinn Ewers. But we're not just talking about Quinn Ewers, brief Buckeye, the briefest of Buckeyes, for no reason. We're talking about him because C.J. Stroud talked about him, Nathan, and that informed, you get out in the world, you get out in the world, and you get a little more real. Yeah, you can say what you think now. And so CJ Stroud has some comments about when Quinn Ewers landed at Ohio State that we're going to talk about to help shape our opinion on how Ohio State handled that, but also really more about the future, what Ohio State could, did learn from that, and how it affects how they recruit and stack quarterbacks in the years to come. We're also going to hit some stuff later this week, just so people know plan is we're going to talk about the most important Buckeyes. We're going to rank the most important Buckeyes for this season. And I'm going to do a little thing on a, on a kind of a rants pod. I'm going to rank the most important opponents for Ohio State this season. Big whole list, coaches, players, coordinators, the people that are going to have the greatest effect on the Buckeyes that are not a Buckeye. So we got some stuff. So we're doing we're being a little gossipy. This is like TMZ version. I just caught it on that TMZ show. I just caught it for eight seconds on my way to a friend's repeat. Whatever they do, they drink water bottles and they lean in their cubicles and they gossip. This Quinn Ewers is about as gossipy as Ohio State coverage and Buckeye talk can get. Right, Nathan? It is. And it was a thing that I was just up this morning. I saw it pop up on the across the Twitter and I went and listened to the clip. And I think the most important thing that we do in this job is not providing information because there's a lot Buckeye of people talk. out there providing information. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not important to provide information. I am, but what I'm saying is that contextualizing information and putting perspective on information is really important. Uh... And I thought, and I thought this was a good opportunity because I knew that this would get picked up. And I thought this was a good opportunity to try to put some context and perspective around what C.J. Stroud was saying. Um, for So for people who maybe didn't see the post, C.J. Stroud 
did an interview with a, a YouTube series. And I, actually, I actually originally misidentified this. It was shared by this podcast called The Beltway Boys, but it was actually on an interview, uh, a YouTube series called The Shop. And he was talking about kind of his his inspiration or kind of playing with a chip on his shoulder and throughout his career, dating back to all the stuff he went through as a little kid and how that has fueled the, the guy he is today. A lot of people have written a lot of things about all those things. But in the context of that, he started talking about the Quinn Ewer situation. And he said the next year they brought in, they brought somebody else in. Quinn Ewers, the Texas quarterback, was like the number one player I think ever ranked, which was true. He was like one of the rare, perfect quarterback ranking guys for a while. They brought him in. They brought him with like a week into fall camp, which is training camp for us. And I kind of felt disrespected. And as we'll talk about, there are reasons why that is an irrational way for CJ Stroud to have felt about that. There are ways where maybe it was in that moment for a guy of that age and that circumstance maybe it was a legitimate thing to to feel to some some percentage of it and it as you were kind of alluding to before I think it says something about how Ohio State maybe could have handled the situation better and how it would handle it in the future did he say and there was this guy in a podcast talking about living on an island thinking that Quinn Ewers was going to start by the end of the year well, that was, I mean, that it, it's funny you should bring that up, Doug, because that was something that was going on at that time was there was a debate whether Quinn Ewers was showing up with no real chance of getting quickly involved in the quarterback race, the quarterback uh, thing, and whether he was even going to be able to play at all in that 2021 season, which some people believed. And then there were other people who, because of Quinn Ewers' clear talent, and some of that is being demonstrated now at Texas, thought that he could very quickly step in. And if, if you're that talented, you're that talented, and the cream rises to the top. But CJ didn't say that. He didn't specifically mention you and your your real estate holdings on Ewers yeah. Island, no. Yeah, because I, I clearly moved into Stroud Heights by the end of his career. Lovely sure. place. Overlooking the ocean. Beautiful. Watch the sun. Oh, you sit up on the cliffs of Stroud Heights, just watch the sunset, and everything feels right with the world. So gossipy. I'm leaning in. I'm suck. I'm drinking my water bottle. Oh my! Feels like we have a little quarterback controversy here, Nathan Baird. Except it's not. So no. this is a reminder of how jacked up this got. Because the bottom line was. They just recruited Quinn Ewers as like another guy, like a guy who's supposed to be two years behind CJ Stroud, who is just like, it's all normal. Hey, competition in the room. It's all normal. It's all normal. And then Quinn Ewers said like, oh, I'm going to come early and drink million dollar caffeinated beverages. And and I all jacked everything up. So the the thing about this that is interesting is A, I might get to like letter J on this, by the way, all the things that happened to try to, for people to refresh people. A, it was never the intention of anybody at Ohio State that Quinn Ewers show up in 2021. That was never the plan. He was supposed to be a 2022 quarterback, right, Nathan? So that's A. 
Correct. B, he was supposed to arrive in the spring of 2022. Winter. So if he's a 2022 quarterback, he is two years behind C.J. Stroud. And this this is not – like Kyle McCord is much more yeah. – I don't know, Absolutely. disrespect for C.J. Stroud that you're dropping a, f- a five-star right on top of C.J. one class below him, right? That's B. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle McCord, in all of our conversations leading up to that point, he was the guy that was getting squeezed from a roster standpoint. Okay, so C is, C.J. is just, I don't know if he's more like this. He talks about it more. C.J., this is not a surprise to hear C.J. Stroud, the C.J. Stroud that we know talk about this because CJ sees and hears everything and he takes everything personally. So the idea of this guy's coming, he's not supposed to be here yet. He just, it's like you're having a, you're having a party and someone, you can't do this, please. Young people of the world, you people, when you're young, maybe you don't understand this. Once you own a house, you understand this. When you are having people over, you are cleaning for every second until the first person shows up. So if you're yep. having a party at 7.30, yep. you are sweeping. You are hiding things in closets. You are vacuuming. You are yelling at each other. Or in my case, you are being yelled at. You are panicking. You are desperately trying to get your house in the Because be- guess what? Oh, we had a week to get ready for the party. Oh, then you got busy. Oh, work was nuts. Oh, I fell asleep. Oh, I wanted to watch this show. And then all of a sudden, you're having a Friday night party. You didn't start cleaning until you got home from work on Thursday. So everyone is in a panic. You cannot show up at 645 for a 730 party. You, It's like walking into a war zone. You cannot do it. And if people think like, oh, you know, I, I wanted to beat traffic. I just want to get there. I'll just show. You can't do it. And Quinn Ewer showed up at like 6.15 for a 7.30 party. And C.J. Stroud is in the middle of camp, Nathan, going, dude, I'm vacuuming. I'm, I don't even have I, – I have to get dressed. You know what the last thing you do for the party? Get dressed. You're cleaning like in a T-shirt and boxers. You're running. You're sweating and running. And you think, oh, my God, I, I have 11 minutes to get ready. You cannot – C.J. Stroud was vacuuming in his boxers. And Quinn Ewers showed up. So it's nobody's fault, kind of. But once that happens, you're going to feel disrespected. Well, and disrespected might not be the right word. I think you're going to feel like, what is happening? And I'm not sure that it really should be taken as disrespect, but nobody should show up to your party that early. Yes, and I think that's a very good point to make, that what C.J. Stroud means when he says the word disrespected might be a different thing than what it means when it hits our ears. So I think that's an important thing to say. Number, But there are two other things that I want to touch on here. Number one is that... Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're uh, doing it with letters. So we already did C. So this is actually, you're making points D and well, this is E. Like, well, it's, no, it's like C.1 and C.2. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, talking about, you know what I'm saying? If we're doing an outline, and yeah. now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Now you've thrown the whole thing okay. out. Two um, things. Two uh, things. Uh, th- yeah. Yeah. So uh, one is that it, I think it gives us some insight into the way CJ Stroud might have still had some, 
don't know if self-consciousness is the right word, but he, he, you're coming out of the recruiting thing where it, he had to fight for so long against the perception that he wasn't one of those elite guys. And now all of a sudden, one of those elite guys gets dropped in right when he thinks he has taken this job. And the, the second thing was that he actually, so at the same day, the same day I went back and looked at this, I know we got some timeline things. August 16th, I think August 15th or 16th was the first time we were out, we were able to talk to Ryan Day about Quinn Ewers. So I wrote a piece of him talking about Ewers that day. And it happened, I noticed it was the same day that he talked about Ewers was the day that Ryan Day confessed slash revealed slash whatever that CJ Stroud was separating in the quarterback battle. So again, you have to put yourself in the mindset of CJ Stroud on as this is happening back then. Still not saying it was maybe the most thought through thing from his perspective, but he did not, he had not been named the starter yet. And Quinn Ewers shows up in preseason camp. And as 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 unlikely as we even either at the time or in retrospect look at it and say that Quinn Ewers wasn't going to be able to ever get in that quarterback, it's all about putting yourself in C.J. Stroud's head. And in that context, I think you start to understand why it was something that whatever term you want to use bothered him a little bit. All right, we'll reset. We're going to come back with a timeline and, and really just try to take us all through this gossipy, gossipy edition of Buckeye Talk. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I want to apologize for something that happened in the last segment. I fear that something I said may have conjured the image for some people of me vacuuming in my boxers. And I shouldn't do that to people. I shouldn't do that. I've done it. But no one should have to think about it. Timeline. November 19th, 2020. You thought you thought of it, didn't you? It well, you just doubled down you. and brought it, it up again. Up like it would have been yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the considerate thing to do would have been just like, let it go by. Like if you if you walk into a room and you fart, you don't go back in and say like, listen, I apologize for the fart. Like you just kind of let it dissipate. Sometimes I sing or maybe dance when I do it. Okay. So I'm here's the thing. To try no, to cover up the sound. You're trying to like Andy Dufresne hey. your farts. Oh, no, no. Well, I could, go, I could go on a whole fart tangent here right now. There's a big thing that I say in my house about farts, but I'm going to hold – I'll hold off on that. We'll do a whole separate pod okay. on that later. Save that for a rant. Okay. So, Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Is that what you call your farts? <laughs> uh, but you know, as you know, our rapid fires is like the first one always takes 20 minutes, which also might right. tell us something. <laughs> November 19th, 2020. Oh. November 19th, 2020. It's the Thursday before Ohio State plays its first game, its fourth game of the season in that messed up COVID year. 
Quinn Ewers during a live state. during a live Buckeye Talk podcast, November nineteenth, twenty twenty, on that Thursday, commits to Ohio State. So it's normal. So then it's normal through twenty twenty. They go to the national championship game. Justin Fields leaves in the spring of twenty twenty one. We know that Jack Miller and Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud are going to participate in this quarterback battle. It's those three guys, and it's all normal. And Quinn Ewers, at that point, is finishing that spring, his junior year in Texas, and we are anticipating in the fall of 2021 that somebody from Kyle McCord, Jack Miller, and C.J. Stroud, probably C.J. Stroud, which is the way we all thought of it from the jump, probably C.J., maybe even stronger than probably, would emerge and be the starter in 2021. And then Quinn Ewers would finish school in 2021, and he would show up in the spring, normal track, and he would be a freshman in 2022 when either C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, or Kyle McCord will be coming back as the established starter, right? So the only thing, so I was keeping open stuff. And I was like, listen, the starter's not great. Then Quinn Ewers will compete as a true freshman if there's any questions about the starter. But there will definitely be a returning starter when Quinn Ewers gets to campus. That's the plan. No doubt about it. And then on August 2nd, 2021, comes the report that Quinn Ewers maybe is going to enroll early. He's going to take this class and finish up Texas high school stuff somehow. And that this new NIL world, Texas does not allow high school students to participate in NIL. He has a million dollar drink deal. And so he wants to go to college to get his million bucks. So he's going to come to Ohio State. He enrolls on August 15th. And on August 22nd, as you just said, Nathan, is is when C.J. Stroud is officially named the quarterback. So, like, right as Quinn gets here, Ryan Day is like, hey, C.J. Stroud's separating himself, which is, again, it's not a not coincidental timing. Ryan Day knows what's up. But there's a week. So what happens is that you drop Quinn Ewers into a situation where there's not a returning starter, where there's not certainty, where there's not confidence, where anything is possible. And that's, I think, what jacked this up a little bit. So Ohio State, I don't think, wanted him to come early, but he did. Once he says he's coming early, your choice is, okay, come early or, well, you know what? This isn't going to work out. Like, But even at that point, like it, you can't like pull the off. Like it's, You have to take him early. And so it just messes it up. So in the end... August 15th, he gets here. November 20th, he makes his debut against Michigan State. Plays Comes in with 80 seconds left as the third-string quarterback. Um, December 1st, 2021, Devin Brown commits to Ohio State. December 3rd, Quinn Ewers enters the portal. So it is from August 15th that he arrives on campus to December 3rd that Quinn Ewers goes in the portal. So that's not even September, October, November. It's not even four months that Quinn Ewers is here. So it winds up being kind of a mess. But so so it should have been normal, right, Nathan? That if he just comes when he's supposed to come, what should have happened if everything had gone perfectly is Quinn Ewers would have showed up spring of 22 last year. He would have been, he'd be right in the Devin Brown spot. So if it was normal, just what Devin Brown is now, what would be happening right now is a quarterback competition between third year Kyle McCord and second year Quinn Ewers. 
that's the normal everything went smoothly version of this. And that's not what it is. But Ohio State wanting to set that up, Nathan, in retrospect, right? Does that doesn't that still make sense, right? Is there anything that that's what they thought they were getting? Should they still want that if that's what they thought they were getting into? Should they still have just wanted yours on the regular timetable? No, but but like assuming because all the NIL enroll early, like Sonny yeah, Styles yeah. did it, but like everybody was on the same page there. So yeah. like, but like that idea, is there anything if Quinn Ewers is in the Devin Brown spot right now, are there any negatives associated with any part of that, that you do have no. the number one quarterback recruit? He has a perfect rating. Maybe CJ Stroud would have felt some pressure last year at some point. Maybe Kyle McCord would have been like, Hey, you're dropping the number one quarterback in the country on top of me. Is there any negative if it's normal? The only negative is if I think there had been maybe preemptive attrition in that room, but you probably would have gotten there by the end of this spring anyway. I is I think what we probably assume would have happened here. Either McCord would have held on to the job and Ewers is like, well, I'm not sticking around. Or I mean, would have won the job because it wouldn't have been his yet. Or Ewers would have won the job and maybe McCord would have moved on. That That's maybe the only difference with what we have now, which is where you're still going to have, by all appearances, a very secure four person for scholarship quarterback room and a, you know probably a really good person at the top of it but I think the original plan I don't I know that we 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 debated it at the time whether it was maybe the healthiest way to go and that debate can probably continue but it was hard to look at that and see where it was going to just turn into a problem at least from my perspective like again it, this was the plan all along and really it was the, the argument that i was making when Ewers got here early was that timeline really doesn't change he's here four months early to make some money he's not here four months early to steal a job or or really get that much of a head start that that maybe should have only been beneficial from a football standpoint get your feet a little bit under you a little bit, start learning the playbook. Like you get a four month head start on some of those things, but I didn't think that it changed the football equations all that much. Now the the difference is, and again, I've been trying to think of this through CJ Stroud's eyes. We talked a lot three, four, five weeks in to the 2021 season about, and really only like three weeks in, you're coming off the Oregon loss. He looks bad against Tulsa. So then we started having discussions like, is it, should you get a good look at Comic Court here? So before we knew about the extent of the injury and he was going to be taking a game off. And maybe that is where we didn't think enough, consider enough at the time that Quinn Ewers was also probably a presence in CJ Stroud's mind around then. And that that experience could also be coloring how he looks at this in retrospect too. Because at the time, CJ Stroud isn't playing that well. He's hearing it from a lot of different angles and it's not just that he wanted to be the starting quarterback for the season opening against Minnesota as you said before you win the job for that year you keep that job for two years at least before you go off to the NFL and did he see Quinn Ewers in that scenario I know he's talking about it only in the August scenario but as he starts seeing him in September October maybe he knows like well I know this guy isn't gonna be anything right now but he's the highest rated recruit of all time so if I don't pick things up if I don't get my stuff together then maybe that opens the door for him to take this job next spring in a way that I wasn't expecting in the for in the first place so I guess it should have I think I had I still sort of subscribe to the belief of like I don't know like you stack five star five star five star five star is there are there diminishing returns do you somehow create animosity do you create more likelihood if you don't have a backup quarterback because everybody who loses leaves I do feel like 
if we had just gone, oh man, that would have been something. If we had just gone through Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers this past spring, I don't know that we'd be sitting here being like, oh, well, you know, I, it feels like more, not that Devin Brown's not a highly rated recruit, but I just think, well, we had the, Quinn didn't stay for more than, he didn't last four months. The idea that Quinn Ewers would have stayed for two years not being the starter, I think was not possible. And it, I think if they would have, I think it would have enhanced the chances that right now, this spring in 2023, McCord and Ewers would have pushed harder for a decision and yep. the number two guy would have left. And it would have more resembled the Haskins Burrow situation, which as Ryan Day said on this podcast, it's not necessarily that Dwayne won, it's that Dwayne was ahead and Joe said, okay, I'm going to leave. And so that idea, I think we would have gotten closer to that, that Devin Brown, just because there's not quite as much urgency when you're not the number one recruit in the class, even though you're very highly rated. And I think some service did have him number one once Quinn Ewers left. I just think Devin Brown is a, his foot's a little less on the accelerator, right? Do we think that if that would have happened, even the perfect scenario would have been a little, a little more complicated now. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Just from our conversations with Devin Brown, other things we hear, it doesn't seem like the urgency of like, I need an answer um, or I'm bouncing. That has never, I didn't feel like was on the table for this spring. Uh, the McCord situation, as we've talked before, is different. He's just later in his career. Um, and the repercussions of it, if, if there had been a decision already, would have been different for him. But for Devin Brown, I think, listen, and to, to an extent, this was the case with, with Kyle McCord. And when we were taught, when, when yours was here in that limited role, this was sort of the conversation with Kyle McCord was that you're you're in a tough spot, but you're also you're also always just one snap away from being the starting quarterback at Ohio State with a potential national championship team like you just are. And that's a tough thing to walk away from to go be the starter somewhere else that doesn't have those immediate aspirations and or realistic potential to do that. So if you're going to walk away from that, and even the the possibility of it, you really have to know you're getting something good. And for Devin Brown, there's, I, th- I think, I'm speaking, I shouldn't speak for him, but from when I look at his perspective, like I still see so much upside to staying through next, through the end of this season, at least. Find out what, if, if Common Cord beats you out, stay through the end of the season, find out what Common Cord's going to do, and then you have a new decision to make. Okay, so I, I want to finish this discussion by getting back to C.J. Stroud and what the ramifications were in the end for C.J. Stroud. But let's keep it on Quinn Ewers and Ohio State right now. So I'm leaning on my cubicle. So Nathan, I don't know. I mean, Ohio State kind of blew it, didn't they? I mean, the guy didn't even last four months, Nathan. What went on here? So like, what's the, once Quinn Ewers decided to come early? Yep. Was there a way for Ohio State to save this? Was there a way for this to go normal? Now, Sonny Style, it's like, well, what could you do? Well, I mean, Sonny Styles just did it. Sonny Styles showed up early, played a scooch, had a role in the bowl game, a specific role. Hey, you get bowl practice, whatever, had a role. And now just went through spring in a way that everybody is anticipating a good season from Sonny Styles in 2023. And it feels like, hey, being here last fall probably was just a nice little bonus to help you learn college football, accelerate your timeline, and enhance the chances that in 2023, 
when you should be a true freshman, you are actually going to be a second year player. But in 2023, you maybe will be a better player for having been here a fall early. So that's how it could go. Once Quinn Ewers showed up, was there a realistic way, do you think, for that to happen? Or was it going to be, now looking back, was it jacked from the jump and that, okay. And, and now you throw in C- Steve Sarkeesian gets to Texas. There's a coaching change. Texas, his home state school, becomes a little more of a draw because the Texas he left is now not the same Texas. So that factors into it too. And just, you know, he comes when he lands here. There's not a starting quarterback. Now there is one. And now that guy's going to be the starter for two years. And he's really famous and he's really far from home. And he got here at a weird time. And the way Ryan Day talked about it, he was like a man between recruiting classes. They kind of never, he never felt like part of that other class. And nobody else from his actual class was here. He was kind of alone for that fall. You know, Sonny Styles is from Columbus. He was never alone because his family's here. It's not the same. It's not, that's a very different part of it. And I think a very important difference in that. Was there really any chance for it to work, Nathan, once Quinn Ewers came in August? In retrospect, no, it doesn't seem like there probably was. I don't know what Ohio State would have, could have done to fix that. Quinn Ewers and his family might have a different um, opinion on that, but they may also say, you're right. No, we just we just decided it wasn't the right fit, and we had this opportunity to come back. Obviously, there's so many circumstances that change, and in terms of the coaching staff at Texas changed. And I think that was probably um, some consideration, at least in this situation. And the, you know, and I had heard too, that, um, you know, we, we heard different things about how well Quinn Ewers is fitting in. I think he actually got to be pretty good friends with common cord from some things I heard. Like, I think those guys got to be decent buddies. Um, maybe even stay in contact till now. I'm not, I'm not sure about that part, but I know that they were at least hanging out a little bit while they were on campus. Cause again, you're, you, those are the guys you spend the most time with is guys in that room. And you're both sort of in the same boat. You're the under the understudy with the, the starter that's established. So I don't know what else Ohio state could have done. I think this was just a, a messy situation that, that people, everyone on both sides was trying to make the best out of. And um, I don't, you, Ohio state was just caught. Because you can't tell him, I guess this is the debate. Should Ohio State have said, you can't come early? Because then you're costing, then he's not coming. Right. I think, given the circumstance, I, I actually, that's, there's a CJ Stroud part of it that I said we're going to get to. From the, from the standpoint of just what it means for Quinn Ewers as a Buckeye, I think if you say you can't come early, it means you're saying he's not going to be a Buckeye ever. Right. Right. So then he wound up not being a Buckeye that ever mattered. He's going to briefly be in the record books because he got into a game for 80 seconds. So they wound up there anyway. But I guess in the moment, it's like, well, even if you think there's a 10% chance of it working, it's more than zero. So if you would have said, no, you're punting on Quinn Ewers, was even a 10% chance of his success worth saying yes to? Yeah, no, come on. Come on in August. We'll do our best. And and I think maybe in the future, it should be decided. I think Sunny Styles is the perfect example because those two things are apples and oranges. Yes, Sunny Styles reclassified, came early, all that stuff. He came here for football reasons. He came here because he was ready to play football. 
Quinures, and I know it's a different position. It's a lot more complicated. There's a lot more nuances to it. But he didn't, not only was he not ready to come here and play football, he didn't come here for football reasons. He came here for financial reasons. He came here for this add-on thing. And it's tricky for Ohio State because they both have been a little self-conscious about where they stand from an NIL standpoint and losing people because of NIL things. And you don't want to get the reputation of putting a wall up for um, the highest earning players on your roster to be able to maximize that. That's going to be used against you if you do that. But at the same time, um, it, I don't know if you want to make a hard and fast policy, but I think that could maybe be sort of your 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 lighthouse in the future is if you're not coming here for football reasons, you really need to to, re- to think through the ramifications of it. So I, <laughs> it's like I don't admit it, I don't want to admit like complete defeat on this. So I will say that I think I'm trying to think of the comparison I want to make to the type of player that if Quinn Ewers had shown up and been like, okay, I know you think I came for the soda pop or whatever the drink was, and I'm taking the million dollars. That's kombucha, but like I'm about. No, I don't want to say the name. I don't want to give him a free. That's why I keep saying it. I don't want him to get a free thing. I'm cutting oh, that it. Oh, it wasn't. But that's not. No, that's not the brand name. That is the drink. It's oh, what a is drink. it? Well, you don't want me to say the brand name. No, wait, 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 wait. But I thought that was the brand name. No, no, no. That's Kombucha. the style of beverage. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that drink? What is that drink? It's awful. It's like a. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's pretty bad. It's 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 like a uh, it's like a natural energy drink almost with like I think huh. it's got like probiotics in it and stuff. I think I, it's oh. it's. I mean, listen, I, we talk about Chick Fil A too much on this podcast for any of us to have really done much kombucha, uh, which I may not even be producing pronouncing correctly. But if Stephen were here, he might be able to tell you more because he's always on some kind of healthy drink thing, but. I, I can't. I've had it. I've had it. I didn't enjoy it. I did. Yeah. It was kind of. It's kind of like pulpy orange juice, but w- w- tasting way worse. I, I I thought it was only a brand name. I did not realize that it was also a, no. a general name for that style of beverage. I apologize. Yeah. Also, don't drink it. <laughs> we are anti-endorsing it here, especially on this podcast. I mean, there so, are potentially really great health benefits for it. So if you can stomach it, then go ahead and drink it. But I, I did not enjoy my experience with it. So if you would, if a, if a quarterback had shown up and said, like, I'm all about, I, I know why, I know why I'm here. Okay. But also I'm all about business and I'm all about getting to the NFL as fast as I can. And Part of that is by being the best college quarterback I can be as fast as I can be it. So I understand that it feels like I don't have many friends right now, but you know what? I don't need friends because it's not football friends. It's football business. And I am here to get in the film room and I am here to staple myself to Corey Dennis and Todd Fitch and Ryan Day. And guess what I'm going to be ready by October. I don't think, I still don't think that's impossible because like, you know, who might've been like that? CJ Stroud. <laughs> if you reverse it and yeah. Quinn Ewers is here and Quinn Ewers is like, Hey, have some of my pulpy orange juice. I think I'm going to win this competition. And CJ Stroud gets here in August and is like, see ya. If you're looking for me, I'll be in here in this dark room by myself watching film. Reverse it. I don't know. Right. Cause there, so 
Like that's what I thought was on the table because, hey, like you're the number one quarterback recruit in the country. You're coming all the way from Texas. You picked Ohio State because you want to learn how to play the position. And there's an opening here. There's no established starter. So if the starter looks a little shaky, if you're all about business, get back to me on October 15th and we'll see what's up. I still think there's maybe a much smaller chance than I ever talked the way I talked about it back then. I still don't think that's impossible, but the guy who really in the end was more about business was the guy who was already here, who was about to lock down the quarterback job, have some struggles early, get fixed, get his shoulder fixed, and then lock in. And then the other guy who maybe was more about pulpy orange juice just got locked out. And once you see that, it's like, oh, because there was an opening. We can't deny there was an opening, but from the Quinn Ewers perspective, like that part of it. And then I guess the thing that I say about Ohio state in this, Nathan is I don't, you can't blame Ohio state. I still think they could have done a better job. I I still think that whatever happened, it was not a, it was not a 1000% guarantee that he's four months and out and that, and I want to say the CJ Stroud part. I want to say the CJ Stroud part. But I still feel like in a very difficult situation where they really didn't have any other options, they still didn't do the best job they could have done given the very difficult circumstances. Yeah, I mean, if you are taking this guy and again, again, all evidence that Ohio State not only did not encourage viewers to do this, um, but may have not been in favor of it um but once that decision is made that you're allowing him to enroll and you're accepting him onto the roster then you can't that you have to then i think go kind of into overtime to put the support system in place that keeps him here because that was the whole point it was never about just having him enroll is about having him be here for three years and be a multi-year starting quarterback etc 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 so uh I, I think everybody involved, this is probably an example that will be cited by other programs in the future of how to handle this situation. They'll say, well, we saw what happened with Quinn Ewers and Ohio State, and that helped us handle this situation in the future. But it may also be that the circumstances of this were so unique because we've been talking about all these things. The thing you left out on the timeline was NIL became a thing on July 1st of that year of 2021. So it was, it was so immediately new and it's, it's, it was a surprise party to go back to your party analogy. It was a party. Nobody knew that they were walking into. So they tried to make the best of it when they were a little bit disoriented, when everybody jumped out from behind the bushes with their, or their chairs and, 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 and doorways with their fistfuls of money and uh, they everybody tried to navigate that i think with the best intentions and it got messy and that's how it turned out um and in the end it didn't change a lot it it it, it got Ohio, Ohio state still got two years of heisman trophy finalist play out of cj strap so i know it sort of when we were talking about this idea um you sort of you know, like this is, there's quarterback competition right and you had just sort of mentioned in passing what's happening at texas right now and that texas has quinn ewers and they also have arch manning there and but what texas has is what ohio state thought it was going to have right in that quinn ewers is back as a second year starter arch manning is there as a true freshman the anticipation is that this will be quinn ewers final year in college and arch manning as the number one quarterback recruit in his class will be ready to be the starter in year two that's what was on the table at Ohio State. 
CJ Stroud is a year two starter. Quinn Ewers in 2022 is a the number one freshman in the class. He's there to watch. And then he's ready to be the starter in year two right now. He's still going to have to compete with Kyle McCord, but he's ready to be the starter right now at Ohio State. So I do think in the end, from the Quinn Ewers part of this, I will retain the right to reference Quinn Ewers this season if he plays well and is playing somewhat significantly better than the Ohio State quarterback. I will retain that right to note that. Not to say, oh man, Ohio State blew it. Oh man, I can't. Because it would have been, as it turns out, exceedingly difficult to make that work. But that guy was on campus. And right now, and, and listen, we get it. I know. Buckeye fly effect and all the stuff. It's like, well, Quinn, Quinn Ewers has a year of starting that neither Devin Brown nor Kyle McCord has. But if he was here, he wouldn't have it because CJ Stroud, he'd be in the same boat these guys are in. But, I mean, he is talented. His footwork's a little white, a little janky, right? I mean, like, you watch the guy sometimes, and it's like, yeah. just, like, lock that in, bro. You've got loose. some skills, yeah. but, like, lock it in. You're just a little loose on the turns there. But you can tell he's got some stuff there. And the Ohio State quarterback situation, I don't think, is locked down right now. So, I mean, we can't – the main thing that Quinn Ewers has over Kyle McCord and Devin Brown is a year of starting experience. That's the number one thing he has that they don't. So we ha- – yeah. and again – that's only because he left. But there's also a part of, I do think he's talented, but I also think Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are talented. So I think he's fine, and I think Ohio State's fine. But if it turns out both those statements aren't true, because I'll reserve the right to do the other thing too. If Devin Brown or Kyle McCord, whoever wins the job at Ohio State, is tearing it up and, and Quinn Ewers has more picks than touchdowns, then I'm going to say, man, that guy kind of wrecked himself because – Maybe if he had just stayed at Ohio State or not insisted on coming early, he could be playing at this level while throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka and having Ryan Day in his corner and being coached by Todd Fitch and Corey Dennis because look what they've done with the starting quarterback at Ohio State who is playing awesome. That could have been Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, what did you do to yourself? So if there's a big gap between the two, I will note it. But I think there's a pretty decent chance that both will be good this year, Nathan. Both Quinn Ewers and the Ohio State starting quarterback. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a there's a very good chance they'll both be good, and it will be an interesting debate at times, probably. And and who knows what you guys are probably talking about this over on the the, the Survivor Show, right? Like, how is is Texas for real, and would this be a, a potential playoff matchup? Oh. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Uh, every time we bring up Texas, Shahan says, <laughs> I thought this was a playoff show. So, like, he does not allow – he does not like entertaining the idea that Texas may uh, actually be a playoff contender. He will admit – and we did talk about Texas coming off spring football. They, they probably are the favorite in the Big 12. You know, they kind of – their receiver room looks a little better. Like, they're just getting some other things in order beyond Quinn. So that's possible, but Ohio State's in better shape than Texas football is right now. So so it sure. seems like it just got off track. And also, you know, it's not 100% fair to Quinn Ewers. It's like you get invited to a party. You've never been to this neighborhood. Yeah, you showed up a little bit early, but you kind of think it's no big deal. And then you ring the doorbell and 
you walk in and there's a guy in his boxers vacuuming to one direction. And it's like, well, that's not what I expected. Like that's not, it's not only his fault, right? I mean, maybe you just need to be a little ready in case people show up early. Maybe don't put off vacuuming until 45 minutes before the party. So I think it mostly is just weird, which leads us back to CJ Stroud, which is how we'll wrap this up on Buckeye Talk. All right, Nathan, this is my final question then, because this began, this is one of these things. We'd like to take our cues. We aren't a news reaction show. Can't be a news reaction show. Too many talking heads reacting to news. That's not the way to do this. But contextualizing news is one of the most important things that we do. We have to be your guide through the internet because there's a lot of people throwing up a lot of stuff, which is fine. CJ Stroud said this. He said he felt disrespected. Do you think this going down the way it did, Nathan, had a negative effect on CJ Stroud as an Ohio State quarterback, a positive effect on CJ Stroud as an Ohio State quarterback, or not really that much effect CJ Stroud was going to be who he was going to be, and there's always going to be somebody else in the room trying to take your job? Well, I I don't think it's the last one because he's still thinking about it. It like burrowed into his head like it is in there so my inclination would be just because of who cj is and his makeup and again going back to the context of the conversation i think it was probably a positive effect i think it probably made him work even harder it probably pushed him um again it whether it's a a a a real enemy or a perceived enemy or a real slight a perceived slight a real challenge, a perceived challenge, they're, they all kind of equal out as as they're pushing you to go get better. And I that's what it seemed like it did in this case. The, the one thing that I think, um, maybe we should have mentioned this on the earlier part, the one thing that he said that really hit me the wrong way was that, that this was first brought up in this conversation. And then the host said that they talked you through it. And he said, they told me the day he came. Which doesn't sound right. Like nobody at Ohio State, like no, none of the coaching staff mentioned this to you at all until he was actually there. Like something about that, like doesn't like ring correct with me in a in a true timeline. But uh, so that if that were true, that would be something that I think would need to be addressed in some way. But in terms of like the fact that the did Quinn Ewer's presence hurt C.J. Stroud? Um, I guess you could maybe, I guess maybe it's, it'd be a yes and no, because we know that early on in that 2021 season, he was hearing things, things were in his head and it was a distraction for him at times. And then came the injury. He takes the week off and he comes back and it's just lights out from that point on. And I, I, so I, it, may, it does make me wonder if that was one of the things that was in his head, but I would, I would, I, I still think that's maybe it's still more on CJ than it is on anybody else. So I think I agree with that. That in the end, which which goes to the theory of give me stack a five star quarterback in every class, yep. we'll stack them. May the best man win. May the best man win. And if you don't win, you might leave. But also, maybe you'll stay and then compete again the next year, or be ready in case somebody gets abducted by aliens. And let's do this. And here's proof. And that if they had proof before. If they like to point to the Dwayne Haskins, Joe Burrow example as proof of how this can work, then I don't know. Maybe 
as jacked up as it was in some ways. Maybe you point to this. Like, oh, what happened? Oh, that guy who was kind of mad that Quinn Ewers came in. It's like, whatever happened to him? It's like, I don't know. He's a two-time Heisman finalist and was the number two pick in the draft. How's that fit? Now he didn't beat Michigan, right? But like, I don't think, I don't think Ohio State didn't beat Michigan the last two years because Quinn Ewers was here for three months and three weeks, right? Like that's, I think what the better read is, Whatever happened, whatever disrespect C.J. Stroud felt, and all we can go is by, Nathan, is what he said. If he felt that, and he said he did, it motivated him, and the outcome was a very high level of quarterback play. So, you know, does he did it get at his head when he, you know, he had a bad first half against Minnesota and then had a really good second half against Minnesota. But he was like looking up his name on Twitter at halftime, right? Yeah. Did Quinn Ewers push it? Like, is he looking like our people saying Quinn Ewers should play? Was that a little extra? Was he in his head? Is he trying to make a throw at the end of the Oregon game in week two, thinking like, I better lead a comeback here or this stinking guy who just got here and is the highest rated quarterback ever. He's going to take my job if I don't lead us to on a game winning drive. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there was some negative outcome for CJ Stroud early, but in the end, this is a guy who uses noise for motivation. I think he also is distracted by noise, right. and and right. we've said that here before. He had he knows it, and I and I think he is something for him to work on at a place where he's probably going to go through a losing season or two in the NFL because of the nature of the beast. But he got in the dark room by himself and he studied film and he did his thing and having competition, I would imagine pushed him toward that. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to have him talk about this and then be, you know, be the silver lining. Everything that happens at Ohio state, actually it's a silver lining. It's like, no, there's some jacked up stuff that happens. That's just bad. So I don't think this was all good, but it, it also, you can't look at it as a complete disaster or act like, Oh my gosh, CJ Stroud feeling disrespected. What a horrible thing Ohio State did. How dare they do that to him? Because it wasn't anybody's plan. And the outcome was that dude balled out for basically two years or, you know, a year and two thirds. So I, I agree with you. In the end, the bigger outcome is CJ Stroud took the disrespect, whatever he felt, tucked it away and got to work. Yeah. It, it, sometimes CJ is, is also, and, and Stephen, I think, has, has talked about this better than any of us uh, the fact that he is sometimes maybe too honest for his own good because i think what happened here he's talking about this as if he were like a 15-year kicker in the nfl and then in the middle of training camp they bring in a kicker to compete for your job you know what i'm saying that like he almost talks about quinn ewers that way and that obviously everyone knows that that wasn't the scenario at all both at the time and in retrospect but I, again you have to put yourself in cj stroud's head and every step of his life being disrespected or feeling disrespected even though yes he he had there were times where it got too noisy for him and he had to get through that but he did every time he felt or was disrespected good things happened like he kept making leaps he kept making when everybody in the country was like you're not Bryce Young you're not these other elite quarterbacks he goes to elite eight and he beats everybody and now all of a sudden he's the man and like he he was able to internalize that and process it in an ultimately positive way. So it makes me, again, as today, as I was writing that, and as I've just been thinking about it, trying to put yourself in CJ Stroud's seat, a little part of me thinks he was, he, he was looking for that to be 
disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like he's looking for a reason to keep that edge because that's what works. And it's, it's worked for him every step of the way. And now someone like Kyle McCord, someone like Devin Brown, I, I, things I've like, like having written, written that piece about Kyle McCord before, I don't think he looks at the world like that at all. I don't think he has anywhere near that chip on his shoulder. And I don't think that means he can't be successful. I think it's just a different way of being motivated and a different way of, of, of processing things. I don't think Justin Fields looked at the world quite that way, even though he obviously had some of his own issues um, and, and having to bounce around and, and, and make some decisions. So again, I, that's the, again, I think the important thing here is just context and, and perspective. And I think if you look at it through CJ Stroud's perspective at the end of the day, it, the perspective of this was you know, the chip that he's always had on his shoulder, the things that have internally pushed him to get better. And this just became another layer on that chip. Oh, like a dip. Yeah. Like a dip, like yeah. a, like a like, thick dip. Like he already had a scoop of bean dip. And then, then Quinn Ewers was like, he was like, Oh, I'm getting queso too. And he got like a queso glaze on top of the bean dip already on the chip. Although, and I think the thing that you said that you noted, which I agree with, being disrespected and feeling disrespected are not the same thing. Because you can be disrespected and not feel it, and you can feel disrespected when you weren't disrespected. And if we wanted to draw like a little New Yorker cartoon, and it would be a big vat of disrespect dip, and CJ would be like triple dipping his chip in the dip, the disrespect dip. He'd be going back. He'd be down to the nub. He's basically just eating it off his thumb at this point. And he's like, oh, this delicious disrespect. Is there more of this? Do you have any more flavors? Can we get some more? I don't even need the chip. I'm just going to bury my face in it. And then he's going to go out and throw five touchdown passes. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys who work that way. There was a lot of high-achieving people in and out of sports that work that way. 1,000%. I'm not saying that it's the wrong way to do it. No. But we just have to. As we guide, as we guide our listeners and our Ohio State fans, we guide you through the internet. Maybe we should do this. We could. This is actually be like this is not a bad segment. The like guiding through the the the, the Buckeye Talk guide to the internet. We could do that once a week. Like, <laughs> hey, let's do ten minutes on stuff that was out there, and let's put it. Let's make a controversy meter. Like one is it's nothing. It's literally nothing. Like it. You might have thought it was something, but we're going to tell you why it was not. One is nothing. Ten is, oh, 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 that is something. Where would you put this? That C.J. Stroud said this, revealing his feelings about the Quinn Ewers situation. One is nothing. Ten is something. Only like maybe a three because of what I alluded to a couple minutes ago about what did Ohio State tell him about this? Where What was the communication there? Because he definitely indicates that there was a breakdown of that. Um, other than that, though, I think it's it, it was just a weird thing that happened, and it ultimately made him better. And again, that's still the context in which he was even talking about it. Like, this was a thing that happened, and then I said, oh, yeah, well, I'll go out, and then he did this thing. Okay, that's as, that's as gossipy as it gets. What else could we got? I mean, I, I don't want to be glib. I do want to be glib. I love being glib. We don't got. I mean, do we gossip much? What else do we gossip? We try to be very careful with transfers. That can be gossipy, right? Yeah. Because when someone does transfer, it's news. The idea that someone might transfer. Well, there's always going to be someone that might transfer. Uh, we don't. We try not to. Do we try not to gossip too much on Buckeye Talk? Do we? 
I think we are are a pretty gossip-free zone. I think there are, especially now compared to, there are outlets that are almost gossip-forward. So we'll let them have that space, and and we will uh, talk about things when they're a little bit more secure. And 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 this was a thing that he said. I mean, he came out. It wasn't a thing that we're not. It would be gossipy if we were like we're hearing C.J. Stroud was upset, and we were having this this podcast in august of 2021 this is after the fact it's two years later and he's still bringing it up so i think that's important context because i think there was somebody that immediately when i tweeted out the link um there was like brushback oh this is a non-story what are we even talking about i'm like i don't think it's a non-story because how Ohio state handled a quarterback decision when they have a quarterback decision to make and are going to keep making them year after year into the future I think that's relevant. I do think it just has to be talked about in the right context and with the right perspective. So I guess we we did want to spin that forward a little bit. Like that idea, right? Of should they never just have brought Quinn Ewers here to begin with? I mean, not, Dylan Royola is not coming here. So, and I think Steven had said, maybe this they're just going down this road of like the big time national quarterback who's ready to go early. Like they're just not going to get involved with that anymore. So that the... The next Quinn Ewers or the next Dylan Rayola, and we're talking about the Quinn Ewers thing specifically. So then forward, should that inform them? Is there anything about the Quinn Ewers thing that should inform them? Or as you said, is it such a rare circumstance and that if it had stayed on the expected timetable, it might have been fine? Should it not inf- overly inform them to maybe scare them off? You know, big time national dudes who might be, I don't know, slightly high maintenance. But again, I, I'm high maintenance. I don't like I don't take that as something like, oh, well, these guys and you avoid you can't avoid every single guy like right. that. We're not making, you know, we're not making a team to go pick up trash at the park. We're trying to make a football team. So I don't know. Like, should it should the Quinn Ewers thing specifically inform their future quarterback recruiting? Well, let's not pretend that we're starting to get some evidence that on occasion, CJ Stroud maybe was also high maintenance in his own way, right? Like it's, it's the, handling these personalities is all part of this job. Um, I, I think there, are, the more I think about it, there, it, it the, the circumstances of this were so unique. NIL was so new and raw at the time. I, I think that is Maybe going to just be one of those things that was it was unique to those circumstances that maybe there won't be that many lessons to be learned from it. But I think you're right that Ohio State can't take itself out of contending for the best quarterbacks in the country. Like that doesn't make sense to me. This is what you've built things on. It worked with Justin Fields. It worked with C.J. Stroud. It may still work with Common Court. I know he's from a neighboring state, or Devin Brown, who's from all the way across the country. Like I don't think you can let these uh, a couple of cases of guys who didn't even come here uh, it would be one thing if they were coming here and then failing but you're talking about two guys like Quinn Ewers was basically a decommitment and Dylan Raiola was a decommitment and maybe it throws off what you're doing in that class otherwise but you're also protecting yourself a little bit from that by recruiting the best possible guy you can in every class right like that's part of why you're doing that that's part of the strategy there so I'm skeptical that the next time a major recruit of that level is out there, that Ohio State is not involved at all. I'll believe that when I see it. 
You know, this would have been, I don't think we've done this one, right? On Buckeye Fly Effect, where we try to do a thing like, what if you changed something, what would it have done for Ohio State history? I don't think we've done a Quinn Ewers one, but I'm not sure which way, like, what would, what if Quinn Ewers had never come? Well, I think what if Quinn Ewers had never come, it's like we basically, that is what happened. It's time, this is, yeah, we got yeah. a version of that world. Right. Or what if Quinn Ewers had stayed on his timeline? I think we did sort of say he would probably just be in the Devin Brown spot. and We just would have had a little more yeah. high stakes spring quarterback competition, but it's probably not worth a Buckeye fly effect, but I, I like naming things. It, it might be someday. I don't think that. it is. Yeah. I don't think it is yet. I think that might be more like a 2024 because we, I think we have to see we've seen Quinn Ewers play and be a starter at the college level now for a full season for a power five big time team. So we need to see that from, these other guys we're talking about at Ohio State, or at least one of them, before I think we can really have a, a good discussion about that. Because I will say, Quinn Ewers could have had Caleb Williams' season. And if that, if Caleb Williams was Quinn Ewers, we'd be like, oh my God, I cannot believe they didn't show that guy where the bathrooms were when he got here unexpectedly. It doesn't matter if you're vacuuming in your boxers. Put on some pants and show Caleb Williams where the bathroom is. Like that, that would ramp that, right, Nathan? I mean, that's the thing that whatever, whatever Quinn Ewers is or isn't right now, it doesn't feel like a program shattering loss for Ohio State because Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are good. And Quinn Ewers does not look like the number one pick in the draft right now, does not look like a Heisman winner right now, which is what Caleb Williams is at USC. Right. And it, it sounded like from the way Ryan Day talked about it, that all they did was show him where the bathrooms were for like <laughs> the majority of that season. Because again, he was so young, so inexperienced that it took a while just to like make him feel he wasn't, he hadn't been preparing mentally for months to go away to college. It was, it was within a matter of weeks. It was like, I'm going to get ready to play high school football. Oh no, I'm going to go sit the bench in college for it. And it's it, it, the whole thing. It was just, kind of a mess I, I messy was the word i used when i tweeted out the link to that story and again a couple of people pushed back on that but i think i would stand by that and i don't think mess means uh, someone did something diabolical or somebody sabotaged something or even that there was like incompetence uh, involved um i think it was just sometimes even the best intention things get messy buckeye talk <laughs> that'll wrap it up we're gonna do some ranking Later this week, we're going to ask the tech subscribers to help us do that. If you would like to participate in those kind of things where we have you rank players and what's the most important this or the most interesting that, 614-350-3315 is how you can sign up for that. On the College Football Survivor Show this week, Shahan J. Haraja and I rank the top five teams in the country coming out of spring football. And since this is Buckeye Talk, I will tell you that we both had Ohio State in our top fives. If you would like to go listen to that podcast to find out where we had them and why. For now, thanks to you guys for listening. For Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.